0: Welcome to Crosswalk Talk. I am your host, Michael Faust. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I can't wait for you to hear from our guest. Please note that the interview in this episode was previously recorded. Check out our show notes for more information. If you want to see this interview on video, then check out Crosswalk's YouTube channel, which is linked in today's show notes. Neil, thanks so much for coming here and joining us. Thank you, Michael. The movie is the Shift. Everything I've seen about it looks incredible. I love the poster, by the way, and yeah. it looks
1: awesome. Uh, tell me about the the movie and why you wanted to be involved. Well, it was interesting that they they called me and asked me if I wanted to play the devil in this movie called The Shift. And I talked to him a little bit about it. And I said, you know what? I don't think I, I can. I you know, play a lot of great villains yeah. because I won't kiss a woman on screen, so I have to be the villain, or like I said earlier, a, a war hero of some sort. So. I then, I, I said, no, I, I, it's too close to, I can't do it. So I went home and I spoke to my wife, Ruvay, and she's like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's see, see what's going on. And we talked more and she says, well, you're probably the best villain in town, whether you like it or not. And you're probably the only guy who's that great villain who also has a phenomenal relationship with God. So you kind of have to play this character. And I'm so grateful that she put it that way because playing the benefactor of the devil was one of those characters that... You know, as a method actor, you really dig deep into who you are and and where your mind can go and such. And to play a character where his mind goes in certain spots makes me so fortunate that I understand how blessed I am because of all the gifts that God's given me. It's humbling when I get to play all these different characters. But when I get to play a character like this, especially opposite Chris, who was there to just, he wanted to crush it. And Brock, who was so dialed in as a first-time director and so energetic and positive and uh it was a great surrounding and ken the producer was just there to kind of keep everyone calm and and you know were some tough days we had it was awesome and and i got to be part of it and i got to play a character that i turned the devil into a very human flawed guy that makes you kind of care for him a little bit and understand why he is what he is and then once he starts going off the rails and makes you realize wow how fortunate i am to not be like that but you have to be careful because he's out there every day to take anything he can away from all of us if we start to believe wholeheartedly that God loves us so much. This, the temptations can be greater the, the closer you get to God. And seeing films like this makes you realize that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get as close to God and, and, and stay away from those temptations. And I'm just blessed to be part of something like this. What are the themes that the audience will
0: embrace? I know hope is one of them. Are there some other ones that you really?
1: You know, this one, you know, it's funny, you said hope. I said this film is all about hope in the face of despair. What Kevin, Chris, what he goes through as as an actor and as the character are things that we kind of all go through. But he goes off into a darker side and he's tempted by so many things. We're all tempted by stuff every day, Michael, whether, you know, whatever the case is. I used to be tempted by alcohol and I stopped drinking alcohol years ago. Uh, People get, you know, tempted by anger, people are tempted by whatever. And, Every day you have to try to get just a little bit better to get closer to him so you can really enjoy the gifts that he has in front of you. And that's what this film is really about, to try, as you can see, Kevin really getting darker. You as a human being think, oh gosh, I hope he makes it through. And then by the end, when he does have the absolute faith, that's what we should all aspire to as human beings. And when you get to watch that in a cinema, or you get to watch that at home with your family, that's what filmmaking to me is what it's supposed to be. And I get to be part of something like that here at Angel Studios. You play a
0: bad guy in this, and you played a bad guy in so many other projects. You alluded to that a while ago, and I'm sure your friends and family joke about that with you. What makes you such a bad guy, and why have you landed
1: in this role? I'm Irish. <laughs> there's just this certain edge to Irish Boston guys that were just, we're, were little nuts. Uh, you know, growing up in Boston, it was an edgier time. You know, the, the Irish had to fight for jobs, had to fight for getting ahead. And it was just kind of in our blood always, always just being fighters, 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 and driven to succeed. And you can do better. Your next generation is going to be better than the last generation. Keep pushing it forward for the Irish heritage. So it's always been in me. So I think it's it's a natural... Look, next week I'm going to Boston to play the greatest or the biggest mobster in Boston history and Whitey Bulger, hence the beard. And then we're going to turn that into a series. So I can tap into these guys really well because i hung out with some you know interesting guys growing up that had that edge and i get i guess it's i'm blessed to be able to know those guys and i get to use those uh in the characters i play well i guess in order to tell stories of redemption
0: you do have to have somebody like yourself yeah playing that guy
1: yeah you have to and you know you know the last few years Ravey, my wife Ravey and i'm producing our own film so i'm finally getting to play the hero because i wouldn't kiss a woman you know, so I can write a romantic scene without having to do anything. So, so that, that's pretty great. So now I get to taste what it's like to be the heroes, and the heroes for me are actually harder because I am really tapping into the goodness of myself and, and caring so much about the humanity of, of of you know all of humanity, but somebody that I love so much. Or when you are the villain, you don't really love anybody except yourself. So it's it's you don't have to dig so deep. You, know, you might think, well, you had to dig so deep to play the devil. Actually, it was kind of pretty easy when when you really think about it but when i play the heroes like buck compton or you know white cane from tin man or any of these other shows they're harder to slough off for me so it's it's a now i get to play both which is kind of awesome
0: hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up
1: Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once.
0: Tell me about your faith journey. I know you grew up in a a family of faith. Was there a point in your life where you began to take it more seriously?
1: Yeah. I always had a great relationship with God, and our parents were you were always in church, always, all the time. Or you were always at Knights of Columbus, or I was at CYO Baseball. You're always, there's always the, the, the faith backdrop everywhere you went as a kid. So it was always there. And I always really enjoyed my relationship with God. So from a young age, I was always just praying a lot and talking to him a lot. And then when I got to high school, I did this thing called Echo, where you go away for the weekend, this Catholic retreat. And it was awesome. It made me really then even focus in more on how can I have the best relationship with him for the rest of my life. And how can I then be a conduit for him? Or how can I be a light for him? How can I, how can I do whatever it takes to, you know, for him? So every choice that I try to make in, in my life, except for when, when you fail, is God first, me second, family first, me second. And those are the tenets that we, we, we give to our kids. If you live by those rules, you'll stay out of trouble and you'll actually be doing honor for him. That's what life is supposed to be about. And that's what I've been running on ever since I was a kid. You've mentioned a couple of times you joke about it. You know, you're you're the guy that won't kiss
0: on the screen. There was a, a, what was was the turning point? Was it scoundrels? Was that the turning point in your career in terms of that stance?
1: No, I never, I never, from the beginning of my career. No, scoundrels scoundrels was just, they wanted me to do it. And I said, no. And they said, well, we'll fire you. And uh, that didn't end well. So uh, that for a couple of years, I couldn't get a job after that because everyone thought that I was this religious zealot. I was going to ask you how that impacted you're, you're, oh my gosh! I lost everything. It's, um, so how did you get it back then? What, what was the turning point? One day, I remember exactly where it was and when it was. And after I had my house taken away and cars and stuff, and it was re, it was really a hard time. I remember at that point I was drinking quite a bit because I couldn't understand how it got so bad so fast. And I remember dropping to my knees and saying, "Why have you forgotten about me, God?" And as soon as they came out of my mouth, I realized I'm making this all about me and I wasn't making a life about him. And 30 seconds later, I got a phone call from Graham Yost who wrote, uh, I get gooseys," uh, wrote Band of Brothers and Boomtown. And he says, how would you like to be a villain for an episode on Justified? I said, yes, yes, I'll do it. And after the first take, he looked at me and he says, your plan was to come in here to get the villain role for the whole year, wasn't it? And I'm like, yep, you know it was all right you're gonna be the villain for the whole year and then everything changed again all of a sudden i think it was also as an actor i probably got complacent maybe or just got everything was just coming so easy that i wasn't as focused as i should have been and then all of a sudden there was this kind of seismic shift in my life that for the last several years it's been sober clear-minded driven to do what is the right thing for him in in every in every aspect of life but it, it it was it's it's been I wouldn't trade it for nothing. But it was definitely a test of your faith. It was certainly a test. we all have tests of, of faith. We are all tempted every day. It's how we get up the next day and dust ourselves off that yeah. dictate us. Do you ever have actors and actresses kind of, you know talk to you about that issue and well, kind of all the time? Yeah, actors will come to me and ask me a question. So how how did you get through it? Or what what are your thoughts? Or you know overcoming problems in your life when you have to really face yourself greatest thing about giving up alcohol was that i literally had to spend so much more time with myself that i found out how much i really enjoyed myself and it wasn't until i had that clarity that i could really spend time with myself and say well why was i drinking it's nice to have that frame uh, wow look at that tree wow look at that nice person look at look at the life that i have and all of a sudden things just started to have this seismic shift and uh i, I i'm so blessed to, to have the life that i have i think we'll end it
0: there Neil, thanks so much. Thank you, Mike. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five star review. That's how we help more people just like you find the show. A big thanks to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith centered podcasts in their network. See you next time